the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Let's welcome Congressman Jim Jordan to our program. Jim Jordan is the fourth congressional district representative in the Buckeye State. He's the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, and he is an author, a new book that is coming out very, very soon. (laughs) Do what you said you would do. It is one of the mantras that Jim Jordan has repeated since his time in office. Mr. Jordan, good to have you back on the program. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Bob. Good to be with you. Hey, when do you get time to write books? With all of the work that you do, not to mention <laughs> all of the media appearances you make, because and it's important that you're out there. You are a face, or the face, if you will, of a conservative movement that we are still rallying behind, a face behind the America First movement, which we are still rallying behind. You've got a lot of things you're doing. When do you have time to write books like Do What You Said You Would Do? Well, my, my Polly is amazing. Many times we drive back and forth, and so when we're when we're driving back and forth, she's actually doing the driving, and so I, I spend a lot of time uh, over the last year or two. Uh, that's an eight-hour trip, and I spend a lot of time writing then, and it works out. You know, just it's it's kind of fun to tell some of the stories that have happened and and relate to what the, how the Freedom Caucus came together, and um, you know some of the things we were involved with back at the last Congress, and so I hope I hope people enjoy it when they when they get a copy. It should be out here in, in a couple months. Very much looking forward to reading it, reviewing it, and of course having you back on to talk about it. We'll, we'll do an exclusive uh, show on on that uh, when the time comes. Right. Um, okay, Congressman, let's dive into the issues here. What we are hearing, and it's being denied by the State Department, but we are hearing from multiple sources. When it comes to the Americans that have been abandoned, not just stranded, mm-hmm. I know Jen Psaki hates that word stranded, so let's use a more accurate one, abandoned on direct command mm-hmm. of the commander-in-chief who kept his August 31st and, in fact, upped it to August 30th timeline to get all Americans mm-hmm. out. We are being told that there have been planes ready to leave the runway uh, with private contractors getting American citizens out and that they have been stopped by the State Department. Yeah. Um, I, I, I cannot believe this. I don't want to believe this because now it's more than just a recommendation. Now it's a refusal to allow them to be rescued because it's not being done by the State Department, I guess. What can you tell us? Yeah, look, I, I, I don't know for sure, but, but, but just step back and ask, you what, what, what would common sense tell you? Are you going to believe the administration that, that oversaw an evacuation where 13 service members lost their lives, where Americans were uh, uh, left, where allies were left, where billions of dollars of equipment and, and weapons were left, and some of the people they brought in we know weren't properly vetted. Are you going to believe that administration who called all that an extraordinary success, or are you going to believe Mike McCall, the ranking member on the, on, on, uh, in Congress, who was on Sunday, who said that he thinks exactly what you described is going on? So I, I don't know for sure I'm like you, but my gut tells me you probably believe Mike McCall, my colleague, uh, over what this administration has told us, and particularly in how they have handled this whole situation. What should we do? What should be our policy now going forward as it pertains to getting these Americans out? Now, uh, I, I'll, I'll repeat, Chuck Schumer 
In fact, you probably heard this. Chuck Schumer mm-hmm. told a, a small group uh, of reporters and, and, and uh, constituents, I believe it was yesterday, that all mm-hmm. Americans who wanted to get out have gotten out, thank God, or praise God. And then he went on to say what we yep. should be concerned about is getting more of our Afghans out who were loyal to us. Um, last time I checked, the State Department is admitting to 100. Others who have been uh, a part of, of uh, rescuing um, Americans have said it's more like 500. Chuck Schumer says no. No Americans are stuck there right well, now. The only ones who are there are the ones who want to be there. Well, we know that's not accurate because we, we've had people, private sector people who have a military background, like Corey Mills, uh, a guy I know and a friend uh, who, who, who went over there. Uh, one of the things we could do is quit hindering efforts like that. What Corey's doing, uh, he's got some Americans out of the country. So quit making it tough on people like that who are, who are doing the Lord's work. Uh, that would be a step in the right direction. Everyone knows what Chuck Schumer said is not accurate because we've had all kinds of reports from other Americans who say there are, in fact, Americans stranded, abandoned in in Afghanistan. So let, let's not hinder the folks who are who are risking their lives and are doing heroic work. Um, that would be that would be step one. And then State Department quit trying to take credit for it and then actually just help those individuals who were doing the kind of work that Corey Mills is doing. Um, so policy-wise, uh, what, what would be your prescription right now? Lindsey Graham said on a program, again, I believe it was last night, that we're going to be going back in. We're going to have to reinvade Afghanistan, if not just to rescue Americans, but to stop what we stopped back in October, November of 20, uh, 2001, and that is to stop the reconstitution of the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and ISIS-K, and some unholy alliance between them. Do you think that'll be necessary? Well, we'll have to see. Uh, what I do know is we should be doing things to reassure our allies. We should be, you know, making sure that that the folks around the the world who are our friends and allies know that uh, we're we're still the United States. Now it's going to be tough in light of what we've seen from this administration. Uh, but it's always tough when Democrats are in control. I mean, I think we said this last week. You know, tell me when when Democrats have done foreign policy right. I mean, Carter gave us the Iran hostage uh, situation. Clinton was Mogadishu. Obama was Benghazi and, and the Libya situation. And, of course, now we have uh, President Biden with this, with this debacle that was the evacuation of Afghanistan. So they never get it right. And the people who were in charge for Libya and Benghazi, those same people are the ones running foreign policy in this administration. I mean, it's, it's Susan Rice. It's, it's Bill Burns. It's Tony Blinken. It's, it's uh, Wendy Sherman. It's Jake Sullivan. The exact same. I deposed some of these people. Uh, we, we deposed them when we were on the Benghazi Select Committee. Jake Sullivan, Susan Rice. Same people making the same crazy decisions. So, um, you know, it, what we got to try to do is reassure our allies. And, and, uh, but it's going to be tough in, in light of what this administration has, uh, how they've handled this entire situation in Afghanistan. Two more questions on Afghanistan, and quite frankly, we could do more and we should do more because Joe Biden wants nothing more than for us to turn the page and talk about climate change or anything yeah. else other yeah. than the stranded Americans, which is why we're going to focus on, on Afghanistan because there are Americans in peril because of his direct command. So here's the next one. Back in 2014, I was on these Cleveland airwaves, and I said, we will rue the day. We will pay a price. There will become a day when we have serious regrets for Barack Obama's decision to trade for an American trader and deserter named Bo Bergdahl, five uh, high-value Taliban detainees from Guantanamo Bay. Four of the five are now leading the Taliban's resurgent, quote-unquote, government slash terror organization. Barack Obama, you you complained about it, too. Barack Obama back then in 2014 said, no, 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 these people aren't going to be allowed to go back to Afghanistan. We're releasing them to Qatar or another third third country, and and we trust that they'll stay there. Well, Uh, did it really take a crystal ball for us to figure out this day was coming? 
No, I mean, look, you were you were a visionary. You you, you were prophetic in, in your in your uh, your seeing this and your assessment of it all, and it's it's come it's come true, uh, and it's and it's a sad thing. But again, this is what happens when you have liberals in charge of foreign policy who think that oh, because they're quote so smart, they don't have to project strength, they don't have to project toughness. Uh, they don't have to project confidence from the Oval Office and from from that from their administration that everyone's just going to do what they want because they're the smartest people in the world. I mean, the, the arrogance of these folks drives me nuts. When when the fact they said all kinds of bad things about President Trump, but I'll tell you one thing about President Trump: he projected confidence and strength from the Oval Office, and people around the world understood when he said something, he meant it. And when Mike Pompeo said something, they knew he meant it. And he didn't. Mike Pompeo certainly didn't get treated like Tony Blinken did up in Anchorage. A few months ago, from uh, from his Chinese counterpart, we never saw that in the Trump administration, and that that, that is what the, the that's the fundamental thing that's wrong um, with the foreign policy of the Biden administration, and and you know now we're seeing it play out. And the same thing was wrong with Obama, and why we got these four guys now, these four terrorists running the Taliban organization, four guys yeah. we had in we had under control, we had, but no no no, he trades them, and, and here they are running it. Yeah, well, and four guys, five guys, quite frankly, that should have been executed. Sorry, I didn't know that it was a bad thing to want to call for the death of terrorists. These are the people who were responsible for the death of 3,000 Americans on September 11, 2001. Why were we holding them in Gitmo anyway instead of disposing of them the way you're supposed to with human garbage? One more question on Afghanistan. Um, because of the chaos of the withdrawal slash evacuation, because they went ahead and removed the troops first, and then when the Taliban came surging in to take everything over, we had to hurry up and try to herd as many people as we could to into C-17 cargo planes as we could. Now, the Biden administration is bragging about lifting 120,000 people out of there. But 50,000 of them, at least according to estimates from the experts, are Afghans who are unvetted. And they have been flown not just to other countries, but to this country. How do we vet tens of thousands of Afghans, some of whom may be American interpreters or family members loyal to us, but some of whom may be loyal to the Taliban? How do we now vet Uh, them once they've already been released into the United States? Bob, you mean mean you're telling me that, that they weren't all interpreters? They weren't all people who helped us. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I, I look, this is this is crazy. But this is again, it goes back to the start when you plan it so poorly, when you say we're going to give up the Bagram Air Base and we're going to we're going to just have the one airport within what, like a four million dollar population or a four million people population center. Uh, that's where we're going to stage all this. And we, when you make this many bad decisions, have have so many of the troops leave while you're still trying to get Americans. When you do it this wrong, of course you're not going to be able to properly vet people. And then when you couple the fact that you aren't properly vetting a hundred some thousand people who are coming from Afghanistan, and you you couple that with what's happened on our border the last six months, where month after month we set record levels of illegal crossing, so much so we had 212,000 in the month of July alone. When you put all that together, that is a recipe for all kinds of bad things that can happen to our homeland and this is this administration so of course they want to talk about climate change or whatever else they want to talk about because what they've done on every other policy area is is been just been terrible um i don't know that this administration has done anything right so yeah i i don't know we're going to have to check them out let's hope we're checking them out when they at least get here to the united states a little better but based on this uh this track record of this administration i doubt it 
Congressman, let's talk about American health. Uh, over the weekend, we saw tens of thousands of people, collectively hundreds of thousands, collectively probably maybe into the millions of college football fans attending college mm-hmm. football super spreaders, according to the American left. You tweeted uh, with a photo of uh, Madison, of uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison, yeah. your alma mater. Uh, they were jam-packed, and you tweeted, Real America is done with COVID-19. God bless. Joy Reid over on MSNBC decided to use that and declared that I doubt God blesses anything that you stand for, Assistant Coach Jim. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, here you are celebrating freedom, celebrating Americans not hiding in their rooms, in their bubbles, with their yeah. masks on, spraying spray all around them to keep every germ in the world away from them. And she says God doesn't bless what you stand for, Jim Jordan. How do you respond? Yeah. Well, that's today's left. I mean, the, today's left is so authoritarian. They don't want to have any fun. They don't believe in freedom like we're supposed to in this great country. And, you know, I, I thought it was pretty cool. Maybe you, I'm sure you had the same reaction that Barstool Sports and Clay Travis had when he, he posted that. Bit. But when you saw every stadium full, like the, the big game between Clemson and Georgia, packed stadium, no one yeah. had a mask on the game at Madison. They did to jump around at the start of the fourth quarter like they do. I mean, it's like it was good to see. And I think so many Americans are like, Truly saying, God bless America. This is as apple pie as it gets. That's a good thing. Why not be happy? Why? Are, it always gets me. Why is the left always so angry? They're always mad. Like maybe it just, you know, we live in America. We live in the greatest country in the world. In spite of Joe Biden, it's still the best country going. So let's. Why not celebrate? And particularly college football, which is as apple pie as it gets in this country. So. Um, anyway, I, I like. I think you know the answer to that, sir. I think you know the answer. Why are they so unhappy and angry all the time? Because uh, that is American freedom on display. Because that is American yep. capitalism. Yep. They don't believe in capitalism. They don't believe in freedom and liberty. They believe in doing what you're told. They believe in controlling people. Yeah. I, and I'm not being. I'm not, I don't think I'm being melodramatic here. They believe in controlling the people. And when they see the people breaking free of control and doing their own thing, it yep. upsets them greatly. Yep, it sure does. And now we couple that with the fact that it's almost now, uh, we're almost for sure that Fauci knew this thing came from a lab and Fauci knew that it was gain-of-function research that was going on in that lab, and they have been misleading us. They have been misleading us for a year and a half. We're almost sure that now that that's the case. But, no, they continue to tell us that, oh, no, no, it didn't happen that way. And, and I'm to the point now where I think, and so many Americans are, why would we believe anything Dr. Fauci tells us? Why? He's been wrong so many times, and he's misled us from the get-go. When he got that, we've talked on this show, he got that email at 10.32 p.m. on January 31st, 2020, a year and a half ago, that said, virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory, which is a nice way of saying this thing most likely came from a lab, and he's been misleading us every since that day. And meanwhile, he looked Rand Paul directly in the face and on national television during a congressional yeah. hearing uh, and said, you don't know what you're talking about, uh, said that I've yeah. never lied uh, to to uh, to the Senate or to the Congress. I have never lied. Uh, and you don't know what you're talking about. I want to know when is he going to apologize to Rand Paul? And second yeah, of all, most it. importantly, when is he going to tender his resignation as the as the chief epidemiologist or whatever his actual? He's the highest paid federal government worker, more I than the paid. president of the United States. And he's been highest wrong paid. every step of the way. Yeah, highest paid. He's got his own little fiefdom there. Hands out your tax dollars, my tax dollars, your listeners' tax dollars, American tax money to all these virologists around the world. They're the ones who are sending that email that night, one of them saying it looks engineered, not consistent with evolutionary theory. Over the next 24 hours, he goes into overdrive to cover his backside and make sure they get their story straight 
So they tell the world that it didn't come from the lab. But no, no, it was it was it came from animals. It came, as I said this morning, from a penguin to a or excuse me, from a bat to a penguin to a, to a hippopotamus. And then to people like you got to be kidding me. No one no one buys that anymore because it just doesn't make sense with it. Just doesn't make good common sense. But no, that's 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 Fauci. I saw you on Fox and Friends this morning. You left out Joe Rogan. So <laughs> Yeah, from a bat to a penguin to, to a hippopotamus to Joe Rogan. The left went crazy on poor Joe Rogan. <laughs> you know, like, uh, what, what, I saw the Babylon Bee had a funny tweet. They said, uh, uh, Rogan, Rogan survives COVID. Uh, that it, uh, somehow that's anti-science because Rogan survives COVID. It was just like, the, it was what they've done to him. It's like, it's ridiculous. It's, uh, well, they, they've I, demonized... I they have demonized ivermectin just the way they did they hydroxychloroquine, sure and and they you know sure it's only now crazy. it's only now being revealed to people that ivermectin actually won the Nobel Prize in 2015 <laughs> for crying out loud for its incredible effectiveness in 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 a, in a variety of ways for humans, yeah. and now it's being called by the left it's horse dewormer. That's it. And if the you horse, take it, you're taking yeah. You're, yeah, you're taking a horse dewormer. That's what they said about Joe yeah. Rogan. Congressman oh Jordan, God. thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Give Keep that. up the good work, sir. All right, we'll see you. Take care. All right. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. Golden State voters are now on the cusp of deciding the fate of the embattled and scandal-ridden Governor Gavin Newsom. It would be hard to overstate how important this special election is for California and indeed for the nation. In the face of the governor's mismanagement and flagrant hypocrisy, remember the French Laundry? Will California voters give him a vote of confidence and choose to stick with him for the remainder of his term? The crisis of homelessness is nowhere worse than here in California. And Newsom does nothing. The state consistently makes the top of the list as the worst state in the nation to do business. And Newsom does nothing. California is in the grip of a long unfolding triumph of special interests and wealthy elites. And Newsom does nothing. This recall vote has given the Golden State a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to make a dramatic shift. I hope you voted yes already on the recall. If you haven't voted... Please find your vote and do so. Don't miss this opportunity. Encourage your friends. Encourage your family. Get out there and vote. Vote yes on the recall. I'm Hugh Hewitt. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program for leaders. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.